Welcome to Casual Babble. Hey, it's your boy, BC Babble. This conversation could get a little Now, weird. I'm not trying to say that I'm a nerd, but we are definitely about to get our nerd on. So, this is Casual Babble. Beanbag chairs will be a thing. I would For love sure. a beanbag chair in my office. I, so I feel like you could just get one. Yes. Whether or not it had to be like off to the side so it's not the first thing you see. Mm, yeah, no, it, and like I would make it look cute. Yeah. Like I have a beanbag in my house and it looks cute. Mm-hmm. But as far as your office though, it's got to be like, I'm sure like purposely positioned. So it's not like, oh, yeah, they're just hanging out. Well, like, I mean, I wouldn't mind a nap sometimes. Fair enough. Like a nap space would be great. Yeah. I was even talking about that with, um someone else on friday because i didn't feel super well on friday so oh no yeah i did it to myself but oh okay yeah i was like oh no taylor no no <laughs> no my fault my fault your fault okay i mean i like to say i was overserved. it wasn't I, I didn't do it someone else over you didn't over order you were over served yes it's okay yes. gotcha just gotcha. to clarify to that. clarify yes make sure the onus is on the proper party i totally respect that <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, you beautiful individual. This is Casual Babble. Welcome to another episode. BC Babble is your host here. We are recording live in the Hugo Coworking Studios in the Queen City of Charlotte. In the studio with me today is a very recent acquaintance of mine, and she's an incredible trainer. And I'll address an improper joke momentarily. But in the meantime, please welcome Taylor Hudson to the studio. Hello, Taylor. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> I feel like I need a round of applause. Like, can you sh- I? There, oh, hold on, hold on. One of these buttons does it. Hold on. Is it? Nope. Hold on. I got you. Nope, that's not it. No. Nope. We'll need the, we'll need the ba-dum-sh later, though. Not that one. Mm, thank you. Thank you so there much for the warm welcome. Yes, there wow. we go. There we oh go. Oh, my goodness. We'll re-record the entire show for the, for the sake of getting that in there properly. I'm Thank not sure you. when that one sound will turn off, but hopefully soon. So we can try it again. It was later. kind of relaxing. Little, some birds. little bird chirping, a little yeah. baby ASMR. If you're into that kind of thing, I'm a big ASMR person, but birds don't do it for me. I Sorry to say. I don't think they would do that for many people. <laughs> I think a lot of people actually really don't like birds. In Peru. <laughs> Good point. Speaking of like, like sophomore, flying rats with sophomore year biology teacher was an ornithophobe. The first time I ever heard that word with ornithophobe. You know what's weird is that my high school principal, the uh-huh. only reason she was a doctor is because she's a doctor of ornithology. For real? Yeah. I should like have we, a prank. My very sexist biology teacher from high mm, school. Yeah. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. You should go for it. I'll give you her contact. The idea that like a little hummingbird would take this tall six one sexist ass person down would be just a beautiful visage i think you could do it maybe not a hummingbird though those are like he cool was, birds like a like a pigeon just in case he hurts it not even well, I not that like, pigeons don't well, deserve to be safe also but yeah I mean, more so than they're like really graceful cousins the dove but like yes i would say i feel like pigeons are too calm we need a shifty bird that is easily set. Crow. Like, a, but I feel like aren't crows also like unusually calm around people too, because they know how to work us or something like that. I don't know, but a group of crows is called a murder, murder of crows. So yes. You okay. Do so it. yes, that works. A murder of crows. Watch out, Mister Bruton. I'm coming for your ass. <laughs> it's only been th- twelve years, but I'm coming for it. <laughs> Man, so thank you for joining me today on a Saturday, um, post storm Saturday. We've gotten plenty of storms, but not cool weather. 
I love Charlotte. storms. Are you kidding me? No, I love storms. When I say cool, I mean like temperature-wise. I like storms too. But I feel robbed recently in Charlotte because there was that one storm. I feel like it was late May, maybe even. I was still in training with Taylor, who, by the way, is corporate trainer over at uh, Town Square Interactive. Um, I'll get to that moment. I promise here in a moment. But (laughs) I'm just dragging it out. Okay. So, um, but there was that one storm where, like, from there, two days after, it was, like, fall temperature. And I have no working AC compressor in my car, so it was heaven. You have yeah. no AC in your car? No. Not since before training began. Neither does Parks. I don't <laughs> understand. Does Parks doesn't either. No, he doesn't have AC in his well, car. Well, wait, is that by choice or like his compressor like took a shit? Something broke and he won't fix it. Uh, okay, see, I something broke in my car. I just can't afford to fix it yet because apparently it's like baseline 1200 bucks to get that thing fixed. I wouldn't spend that much money on like, it. <sighs> I have every single service light is on in my car and right. I refuse to go get it fixed. I don't have that many lights on on my dash. The check engine lights have been on forever mm. granted my what i'm being told is that it's just an issue with that button that sensor the mm. engine should be fine well so that's my tire pressure light has been on for two years now because mm. the sensor broke and yeah. they're like just check your tire pressure every now and again so i do yeah and then something happened with my gas tank cap something in there i get that message all the time too check gas cap and because something is broken, the swervy guy icon is on, the something other icon is on, there's another what looks like a tire or swervy guy is on, and then the tire pressure light. I don't so, have like swervy guys. As far as like the tire and the gas cap, there's like a little text screen and they just say that. They, I just read that out, but there's like... <laughs> so oh, so your car has words. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Ca- it's a, it's a oh wait Cadillac, but... Mm. Um, but there's one light, I don't know what it's called, but it sits in the gas gauge, but it's like a little exclamation mark, which I would think, oh, exclamation mark, that should be a big deal. But it just sits there and blinks 24 seven. Well, I mean, when the car's on, so it's like, I'm not dead yet. Maybe I got some more time in this thing. I only just got it a couple months ago. Look, (laughs) so I could care less about vehicles. Last time I got my oil changed, I had zero oil in the car. None. I was 7,000 miles over. I'd say that takes talent. Thank you. Like. And confidence. And confidence. Like a lot of stupid confidence. Right. That's me. Like what was happening in your life in that time frame to give you so much outspoken confidence in your ability to be mobile? Absolutely sheer chaos. Sheer chaos. <laughs> That's just how you I live my off life. Chaos I do. What, okay, so you thrive off of that, which is what I'm hearing. Yeah, like disorganization is what causes me to get organized almost. It's right. almost like things have to be on fire for me to get them done. So order is boring for you. Like if yeah. everything's in its place, then what good is it for Taylor? But I also want everything in its place, so it's just right. this really big issue. But you want to be the one to put it in its place. Yeah, that's Okay, fair. okay. Unless they're dirty dishes. I feel no. like you in the movie, you'd be like the villain who starts shit to show themselves as the hero i haven't thought of that but that's a great idea <laughs> it's like uh you've seen the incredibles right yeah like syndrome mm. like he created the monster robot so he could save everybody so technically what are this what's that called it's an angel complex um there's something okay. where like there are certain firefighters or doctors who will purposefully and intentionally start a fire or cause someone to get sick so that they can. Okay. An angel complex. Um, Or it's like angel of death with a doctor. Gosh, I don't. Well, I know there's like the the phrase God complex is often associated with doctors, but not because they start things. It's just like 
the position they have. Over yeah, no, somebody. there's some there's a name for it, and I only know it because I've watched Criminal Minds a billion times. And there's this one episode where this guy starts the fires just to put them out himself, and there's this really creepy music, but he also locks the people inside so they can't escape. Um, and he's wearing like his fire suit and stuff so that he can. But he still watch. saves them, right? Oh, sometimes. So, oh, sometimes. And it's... it plays this really scary song in the uh-huh. background, and it's so good. That went off on a tangent. I love it. Chaotic conversation. Okay, so let me move us into a moment where I promise I'd address something. Um, was it with Sam? Sam's episode? Probably. Probably. So probably and Nicole and Alex's too. Oh yeah, Alex was there too. Mm-hmm. Uh so within those three episodes, uh it was not I that made a comment, but I did not disperse the comment properly. Um check the record, please. <laughs> I'm certain you said we went through training hell together, end mm-hmm. quote, with uh, Sam. I think Sam is the one who said training hell, but I did not dissuade her from that notion. I will go and check the records. And I heard about this in a lengthy text back and forth <laughs> while I was on my way home in my car that has no AC compression. Okay, so um, Taylor here is the corporate trainer for Townsquare Interactive in Charlotte. She is an amazing trainer. However, that being said, I permitted a certain possibly out of good taste joke to be mentioned (laughs) on the show with one of several previous new associates of mine from the job that were on the show recently. Um, But to dissuade any misinformation regarding this amazing woman here, uh, you are a great trainer. Thank you so much. You're an awesome trainer. And I feel like you are you get to be involved in everything there. Yeah. Like you are everywhere. Yeah. Which is why I like it. I yeah. like being able to do a little bit of everything. Do you well so I know you do like the, you know, being involved with new training, but do you what equivalent to that kind of fun do you find in those very few weeks where you don't have a new class to oversee? Honestly, I feel like during the times when I don't have a class, that's when I get to do like a little bit of everything. Like this week I like co-managed a team. Mm-hmm. I got to call client escalations, which sometimes client escalations aren't fun because it's someone who's upset, but it, right. it poses typically some issue that I could solve. Sure. And it was really cool because I actually was able to help those people. And so on Friday I talked to them again and they were like, we're so happy. We're so excited that we got to talk to you and mm-hmm. that we're finding this solution. And like, that's very fulfilling to me. Right. So that was really fun. Um, and with your job, you're typically not very what we call client facing. Yeah, which is not that you, client Your day to day is engaging with clients. So yeah. I guess that jumping back into those DMS boots for you is a nice nostalgia. Yeah. You get to experience every now and then. I remember I'm good at it. Yes. Those are those days when I'm like, man, I was good at I was, this. <laughs> no wonder I have a new job where I'm not doing it anymore. I'm like, man, <laughs> someone should have told me that. You paid your dues is what it sounds like. Like I Taylor's did. too good at this. Let's throw her into something that she both loves, but will definitely challenge her in ways she's not anticipating. Well, it's funny because I was a from day one, I remember going up to my trainer, Mallory, and saying, I want to be a leader. Like, I want to uh-huh. be like you. I, I want to do something like this with training. Yeah. Which, of course, now that I'm the trainer, if someone comes to me one day after training and they say that, I'm like, okay, okay. Good. you do good, sweetie. Like, have fun. But it, it's not to say that they can't do it. It's yeah. just like, let's just see how you feel. There's a process Doing to the it. job first. Right. It's not an immediate transition by right. any necessary. And for whatever reason, I guess I just knew that that was my path. And so the whole time I was a DMS, I, I always said, 
you know, I don't really want to be a manager. I want to do something with training. I want to do something under the, the training department. And then one of my managers came to me one day and said, hey, I know that, you know, you don't think that management is going to be your end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want you to be open to it. I yeah. want you to be open to that conversation and that step. And so I thought about it. I talked to a bunch of people, got a lot of people's information and input. And it ended up being something that I also really enjoyed. And yeah. so, I mean, I'm glad that was my path, but it was. So when you had your eyes already set on this future position of yours, how did you keep you? Because DMS is not an easy job. Yeah. There's a lot involved in like in the moment stuff to, to contemplate and, and be focused on. So with your eyes already set on that future prospect, how did you keep yourself also balanced in the now to take care of what can be a very demanding position? So, I mean, at first, I think I just was figuring it out and I like learning and I like getting good at something. I also really like being really good at something and I like, yeah. I like showing off. And so I've always been that person. Like I've always been a performer. I've always done something in front of people. Mm-hmm. So once I figured out I was pretty good at being a DMS, that's when I would get the fulfillment that I needed at that time yeah. by getting really good bonuses or being a mentor, creating trainings and creating the DMS portal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Which has saved my ass countless times <laughs> in my two months of being live on the floor. Thank you. You're welcome. It's they're like my little passion projects. And yeah. so I and there were times where I would sometimes be I would desire to do my passion projects, yeah. but then I needed to be still be good at the basics, still yeah. be good at being a DMS. Yeah. And thankfully I had such a good manager and such mm-hmm. a good mentor where I had the ability to go to her without any fear. And I would just say, Hey, I'm getting off track. Yeah. And I would say, or like I'm, I'm struggling to stay organized and we would have a very realistic conversation where mm-hmm. she would say, okay, these are all of the things that you're doing. This is the job you're being paid for. What else do we need to take away? Right. And then because of those conversations, I would say, I don't want to take away anything. And she'd say, okay, then we need to work a little harder then. And we would just create my schedule so that between the hours of 830 and 530, I could split between doing my job as a DMS and training and developing and creating resources. That's one thing, one part of the culture there I've noticed pretty early on, granted, and is that the managers all across the board, I've, I've gotten to dis, just have discourse with a few of them aside from Ryan, who's mine, and that they want, they they not only tell you they want to see you elevate, but they are pushing you to constantly elevate. Oh, like, I was pushed. This is my fifth or sixth full-time job that I've had since I graduated college back in 16. And this is the first company I've had and it's largely based on training and the management where I'm like you know what I can actually I'm not only being told there's advancement chances here but I'm seeing it as a feasible opportunity Mm -hmm. they really do and they want to see you make money yeah which I love Mm -hmm. no one's afraid to talk about money right okay this is how I want you to make money yeah and I like that it's not like you know what I make or I know what everyone else makes. It's not that kind of money talk. It's like, I want to make sure that you are growing in your Mm -hmm. career and that you're growing in your finances and that you, you see the right trajectory here. Yeah. And that's something that's so important to me. I feel like I've never really been someone who's money motivated. I just have a lot of debt. So I have to have money. Preach it. 
And so that I, I just love the fact that I can go in and if I need to make a bigger bonus, mm-hmm. I say, hey, I'm going to work a little harder, get a little bit of a bigger bonus yeah. and make this worth it. And I love that. And even aside from, from people who are very money conscious just because they love money, but it's also just like, you know, when you take on a full-time job, you you hope that the position will provide you the finances to either relocate closer to the job, make it a lot more feasible, and just be able to, uh, in some of our cases, finally leave the family home and <laughs> be on our own. Um, and before that, I never got that notion from a previous job, whereas like here, I feel like they understand that, yeah, you're, you're on a full-time job. We know how far you have to travel just to get to the job. We want you to be able to make that easier for you at some point. So let's push you to where you're acquiring the finances to make that possible. Right. And it's not overnight, too. And I also love the transparency in that sense. Like I had a conversation recently and it was something along the lines of even I said, I was like, I know that growth doesn't happen overnight, but I want to keep growing in my career. I never want to be stagnant. I always want to have like big opportunities ahead of me. And it's not that I know when something will happen, why, where it's that I know that their goals, like my boss's goals are the same as mine. They align. And I fully and firmly believe every time that she would say that, like if she says, this is what I want for you, I believe her wholeheartedly. And that's a good culture to have. I don't think a lot of businesses offer that culture yeah, or that transparency even really. Excuse me. <laughs> it was that sugar cookie I had before she got here. Sorry. But going back to college. So that's going to help me jump into the theme of today's episode yeah. that I really wanted to discuss because it's something that kind of hit me, I think, within the first half year after college. And that's kind of nagged at me on and off for the past, God, how many years has it been? Six years? since college for me and that's the things you learn after college and that can be yeah 2016 it's 2022 yeah six six years did you not think i graduated seven years ago did you graduate oh you graduated before i did (laughs) were you not aware of that no oh my gosh i did just i had my 10-year high school reunion so i guess that tracks that just passed for me too ew i mean whatever (laughs) This girl was always bugging, like, I'm so old. During our training month, I'm like, girl, I'm your senior by a year, by a month. If you're old, I'm old. And I don't feel old yet. I won't oh. accept it yet. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, sure. I feel old. It's okay. <laughs> I'm almost 30. Well, sort of. Like you're a almost year 29, you mean. Okay, but the moment I turn 29, I'm in my 30th year of life. Yeah. But we ain't there yet, so let's pretend that it's still a ways off, I've got ma'am. two months. I've got one. <laughs> so should we start talking now about the work birthday party that everyone should just throw me? Probably. Okay. I mean, we can make sure this, like, I can push this super hard to Town Square when this goes live and be like... All right. Well, we'll yo. see. But... But your birthday is what? September... 29th. 29th. I have a new higher class. This will be out. What's it's gonna be? I got one episode to release this coming week of the. We should just throw a party. I'll plan it. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be about my birthday. Yeah. I just want to have fun at work on my birthday. Like just show up to work for not work, but for Taylor. Like just for fun. Just I mean, fun. I'll work. I like my job, so like teaching is fun. <laughs> but also, I don't know. We got like cake too. Cake. What kind of cake? 
really like cakes. I don't really know why I even person. said that. Like I'll do like a strawberry shortcake, maybe an ice cream cake, but typically the icing on cake is like just too filling for me. I can't I mean, really do it. I like a cheesecake. Okay, cheesecake. Really I like talk a about. Trace case cake, like something like that. I'm sorry, like, what now? A trace leche. It's like a like a Mexican culture. Oh. Like the three milk trace leches. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. Very creamy. Sounds very good. Yeah. I'll have to look into that sometime soon. But yes. Oh, yeah. So it's been seven years since you've been to college. <laughs> hey, yeah. at least you got out of college a year earlier than I did. I spent five years at college. And I only really understood what my path should be to the last two years of it. That's okay. I changed my major, I think, three times. Three times? Mm-hmm. So you ultimately got a communications degree from UNC Wilmington. Yes. What were your other perspective paths prior to earning that degree that you were um, looking into? I went in... Well, so backstory was I was going to go to college for music. Uh-huh. Um, when a I was a professional singer, by the way. <laughs> when I was applying to schools and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, music was the only thing I ever really felt called to Mm -hmm. other than I really wanted to be a dolphin trainer. And I know, I know people say that and they, they're like, Oh, I want to be a dolphin trainer. And then they grow up and they're like, no, I don't. I no, I did like from age four until 18, I wanted to do marine biology. I wanted to do something animal sciences. Mm -hmm. My parents to this day are still shocked that I'm not a veterinarian. Yeah. Like I've always wanted to do something with animals. And so Going through high school, though, this is a terrible thing, unfortunately, but I had a lot of teachers who told me I was stupid. Hmm. So I had never been told by a teacher of any kind that I was smart. I had been told that I was talented at music and talented at the arts, but nobody ever told me I was smart before I went to college. And so I went to school. I was thinking I would just go to school for music because that was the only thing I had going for Uh me. And then realized that that's so scary yeah and the schools that i applied to i got into them and i got into their music programs i just didn't feel confident about it Mm -hmm. and then i on the last day of the applications very last day i don't know what it was i was at school at high school and i was just like i need to apply to unc wilmington i don't know why i'm just gonna do it so applied that same day, wrote my essays, got everything in on time within a couple hours and got accepted, went there for a biology degree. Uh-huh. I was going to study marine biology. You were going to be a dolphin trainer. Like yep. It was in the cards. And then I don't know if it was like things people had said to me in the past, like weighing in on me or if it was the course load, because they, if you do science Bio- at Wilmington, yeah. they say, Jesus. here are the classes that you're going to take for the next four years. Yeah. These are the times you're going to take them and there's no wiggle room. Right. But I would look at the course catalog and they had classes on nutrition, on fitness. They had courses in communication. They had public speaking classes and I love public speaking. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to do all of that. So I switched from bio from there, I think I switched to communication studies, uh-huh. but I also switched into a, I have a minor in community health education. Okay. So I was going to double major, but then I was, I would have had to stay an extra semester to do uh. my internship. And so I just got the minor and called it a day because my community health education was more of my love of teaching and making an impact on people's lives. Yeah. And I've always been pretty keen to like health and fitness and yeah. so it just made sense to combine my communication degree with mm-hmm. 
health education. So since graduating with that degree, have you had moments where you've either re-realized those previous ambitions that you feel are still kind of calling to you or have you discovered newer ones that are just like, yeah, this is what I really should be doing. I've gone back to like the medical field multiple times yeah. where I was either going to apply to nursing school. I was going to do something. I was hired at an animal hospital, fully hired. I was going to start. And then I got really sick and went to the hospital. And so I didn't end up starting. And then yeah. I just decided it wasn't a good fit for me, but um, it's just always not been the direction. I don't think for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also almost, I got accepted into grad school to go to school for epidemiology. Okay which is the study of disease in the population. Okay. And I love that. It was probably my favorite. We could have used your help this past couple of years. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was my favorite. It was my favorite college class. Um, but I just didn't want to get more debt. So I didn't go. Yeah. And I already had a job in healthcare and communication. So I figured I'll just keep working this. Yeah. For now. So, so with me coming out of college, well, I'll say going in. So similarly, I was going to go into music. Well, I got accepted to App State on the basis that I would be a communications student. But when I got there, I got the chance to do opera workshop for a semester. And I was like, oh, my God, opera's it. App's music opera's program is it. pretty cool. But their teachers scare the fuck out of me because <laughs> they're all like metropolitan level performers and composers. And the students who get in there are just like, if I'm like down here compared to these students. Uh, so I tried a couple times, never got in. Mostly because I always had to like attempt to display my sight reading skills i don't know what the word for it is but like when you hear like a little arpeggio played and you mm-hmm. have to sing it back yeah what i don't know if there's a word for that but i couldn't do that and it was always with their like mean scowly looking teacher like his whole beard and mustache is framed to where he has this permanent scowl look i couldn't get past it so that didn't happen for me i was going to try to be more practical instead of going for performance were you going to go for performance or yeah performance i, I was pretty good at writing songs yeah. too but now we're gonna like we're gonna go for like full classical opera or like more no. contemporary. No, more contemporary. I do like the idea of music production. Yeah. So that was something that toyed in my brain. It, it just the thing with music, and I don't know if it's a lack of confidence mm-hmm. or I don't know if it's an instinct I have, but I just didn't think that going to school for music performance or only music production would fulfill my career goals if that made sense or like That's my, fair my growth yeah. goals it could have just 100 percent been a lack of confidence in myself but yeah but i'm surprised you actually so like so there are other genre options for wilmington then i don't feel i don't feel like there really is an option in app state wilmington major, there really isn't i didn't do anything music in wilmington okay i did choir but if you had done like if you hadn't done performance major would do you have like a genre option because for app state it's pretty much all classical so if you get in by as a per, uh, performance major you are becoming an opera singer yeah no they they don't really have options at wilmington gotcha. either okay. so that's why i didn't really do it and similarly i was gonna attempt the what my parents called the practical option was to try music industry mm-hmm. but i still wasn't good enough for that so that didn't happen but i eventually found my love of radio during my first senior year and so i ended up ended up Ended up having two senior years. Um, but I funnily, funny enough, I found after college that was really a roundabout way of leading up to this statement I was going to make before. But I found that watching shows I watched as a kid is when I realized passions that were very obvious. And I'm like, 
how did I not figure that out before or like during college? Like, and I'll, and I'll be like, namely, so I was a big fan of Ugly Betty, mm. Gossip Girl, mm-hmm. and Charmed. We're combo. I don't know what they have in common at this point, but okay. Funny enough, it's a character who realizes they have a passion for writing and engaging people. So in Ugly Betty, you got Betty, who starts never off as that. It. You've never seen It's a really mm-hmm. good show. Love. It's a great feel-good show if you're looking for a new one. Um, I think it's only on Hulu, though. But so Betty starts off as an editor's or sorry, executive assistant, learns she wants to blog for the magazine or in publications. Uh, Gossip Girl, OG Gossip Girl, yeah, oh, yeah. that. So Dan Humphrey, who if you haven't seen Gossip Girls, huge spoiler, because um, he's Gossip Girl. Yeah. Um, but you know he's got the whole writing thing throughout the series there, and then in Charmed you've got Phoebe, Alyssa Milano's character, who ends up with that job at the Bay, Bay Mirror right. as a columnist. And I'm watching these shows after college. I'm like, how the fuck did I not realize that before? Which is why I now blog. But it's like, how did I not notice that before? If I was the same scenario, we're in trouble because my favorite shows were CSI and Criminal Minds. So it sounds like forensic, uh, whatever that (laughs) department's called, forensic psychology. I mean, yeah. I did kind of think about being a behavioral analyst for the FBI. I've read books from uh, people who work for them. But... That could have been getting it. in the FBI. That's oh yeah, so many background checks. <laughs> I've never gotten. Is there in a trouble concern about really passing a background check? Or no, okay. <laughs> no, I've never gotten in trouble for anything. Really, I just that's a lot of that's a lot of background checks. I mean, they could look at like your high school professor said something weird, and therefore you've been influenced, and you cannot work there. See, that sounds like a, one of those like weird jury duty things where it's mm-hmm. like. How do you even have anybody left when you when you have so many questions that will dismiss who knows how many of the potential jurors? I want to be on jury. Like, good for you. <laughs> I cannot relate. Do you watch New Girl? Uh, I've not. I love the actress who's the who leads it, but I have not watched it. Oh my gosh! Sorry. You need to go watch it because they're in one of the seasons. I don't really know why. Maybe she was having a baby or something. But Zoe Deschanel, yeah. um, is not in a couple of episodes, so they say that she's on jury duty and she's uh-huh. sequestered. And she's so pumped to do her like American civic duty and go yeah. be on a jury. And she takes it so seriously. And that's all I want. Maybe there are certain districts out there where they do you pumped up like that. But I got to say, Iredell County, North Carolina is just not that district. I, I, I went when I was sequestered for jury duty, like back in 2017, maybe. Went and did that. Really boring up there. Mm-hmm. I can't say I was pumped to really be engaged in any kind of civil duty. And haven't been really pumped for it after. I've not been sequestered since then. I'm not sure if I'm Listen, overdue, but... <laughs> if anybody important is listening to this, please put me on a jury. Thank you. And you can consider that my placement, and I just won't do it ever again. Thanks. But aside, yeah, so writing is something I realized after college. I'm like, how did I not, how did I not know this before? I loved these characters in particular. Why was it not obvious to me? And so now I'm kind of like, huh. So I have this great job. Do I find a way to integrate it into the job or do I find a hobby outside of work to express that desire to be creative and engage people with like publications? So that's what I'm doing right now. The only thing that is hard about doing what you love on a passionate side for work is that it sometimes can take the joy out of it. That's why I don't sing really anymore Mm -hmm. because when I was... Um, I do just by myself. <laughs> by I've yourself. been trying to get the like the push or something 
to start like posting uh-huh. songs again or posting on like Instagram or yeah, become a famous singing TikToker. Yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> it could be. Who knows? You could. Um, but I when I sang for hire, it just it put so much pressure on it, and yeah. it wasn't like I was singing like what I like. It uh-huh. wasn't. I was singing. I'm sure they had like a particular demographic to gear right. the music. Like I was hired to sing at this party one time, uh-huh. and I send them my set list of what I was singing, and they wanted every single country song removed. Ah. Uh, which at 18, 19 years old, that's all I knew. Right. Was country music. That's all I ever listened to with my mom. Was mm-hmm. I, I just grew up listening to country music with her, and yeah. so. Uh, that was hard. I had to learn a bunch of new songs within a week and Dang. it just put so much pressure on me. And now it did I, wasn't fun. do I recall correctly this being mentioned during the training month? Did you used to sing on a cruise ship? No, I was in a Taylor Swift cover band. Okay. Yeah. Where did that take you? Did they take you to a cruise ship? No, 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 it didn't. It took us really nowhere. Oh, I was really wondering why. I don't know. A bunch of nowhere. Um, nowhere. We rehearsed a lot. We had some shows that we did, but I didn't love um, yeah. the leadership of the band. Gotcha. So. Okay. I'm not sure where I heard cruise ship from. I feel like my, maybe. I went I on a cruise. Okay. But I'm that going was, on but another that, But that cruise. was after that, though. So I'm like, did Park say something like I random when he showed up that cruise. one day? Maybe that was it. Maybe I heard that, but misconstrued it as like you were like a cruise ship singer. No. Gotcha. Okay. That happens. I do that sometimes. Now coming out of college, you know, what did, what conversations did your professors have, um, especially your comm professors about what to expect from the comm world that either hits or very much missed the realities of the comm world? So I was really, really lucky that... I don't know what possessed me. Maybe I like challenges. No, I do like challenges. But um, I took the hardest capstone that I could. I I found the professor that was going to be the hardest, the one that would push me the most. And I went to her class. So not the hardest class, class, but like the hardest provider of the class. Right. So the class itself was going to... The communication capstone at Wilmington is the same pretty much for everybody. Uh And you, they're just preparing you for what the world of communication studies looks like. What is it, by the way? I mean, not a lot. It, what's, the, what's the class? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah. just called Communication Capstone. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's our capstone. So um, my professor was the toughest. She made us make six, seven, eight copies of our resume, like different versions, and would critique them. To be honest, in front of the entire class, when you she got so mad when people couldn't do zip codes the right way. She was like, you do city, comma, state, period, space, zip code. That's what it is. And oh. I was like, okay. But also, none of us lived in Wilmington full time. So, yeah, right. our zip codes were Wilmington zip codes, but we didn't necessarily know them exactly. I got mine correctly. So, like, that's good. Right. But a lot of people messed up their own addresses. Uh, okay. And so then we had to do mock interviews. We had to do a filmed public speaking uh-huh. uh, like presentation we had to do. We created a, a book basically yeah. of our work mm-hmm. and she was merciless. She was so strict. And she said that the reason that she was like that was because she had so much trouble finding work yeah. originally and communication studies, although that's communication skills are what every employer looks for these days. If you, look at an entry level job, they still want three, four, five years experience. Yeah. 
And although communication is a skill that people want, sometimes the actual degree is so ambiguous Mm -hmm. that it can be challenging to pinpoint the direction to run in. Fair enough. And so she prepared us very, very well for that. So did you have concentrations within communication studies or, and just to clarify, is community, because I think I've seen them listed separately on different, for different uh, universities, but is communication studies separate from like mass communications and broadcasting? Um, yes and no. So at Wilmington, okay. I took mass communication. I took, um, what was that one called? It was like communication within the family. Okay. I focused on uh, interracial communication. Mm-hmm. I focused on public speaking. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that much with public speaking because most people hate it. So yeah. my advanced public speaking classes, it was five of us, maybe six. Mm. Um, a lot of one-on-one time. So, yeah. So that was fun. Um, but that's really, my focus okay. was more so in how can I learn how to communicate with as many people as possible and how can I learn to be aware and educated on a bunch of different types of people. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was worrying about that because I feel like, cause from that, that's uh scholastic li- scholastics list. It sounds like it's also part like sociology and like cultural breakdowns and whatnot. Yeah. I so, thought about going into social work. Yeah. Took an intro to social work course did not feel like super called to that direction, but I sure. like the idea of it. Gotcha. Now with me, I, I, had the concentration in electronic media and broadcasting and my teachers. So my capstone was communications management. And I think the big test for that was that we had to create and pitch our, a very original program, which involved mapping out, creating scripts, mapping out a whole pilot uh, plans for audio design, video design, all that stuff. But my teachers, at App State, we're very good at, at talking about the typical, like back in the day, if you were a disc jockey, because radio was the thing at the moment, um, you just had to show up and know how to like switch out the songs and whatnot, have a good personality, yada, yada, yada. Um, and how nowadays you have to wear so many hats, which is kind of a go-to for any industry at this point. But what I wasn't prepared for, despite being told that it's competitive, you have to really know people who can set you in front of the right other person to get you anywhere was going into radio in Charlotte and realizing they wanted nothing to fucking do with us. <laughs> they had zero interest in new people or certain new people, I should say. So that was the biggest shock for me. Just like thinking, okay, cool. I'm, I've done my internship. I've done, you know, I've went, gone to like several different NAB events. I went to a radio show conference in Atlanta got flown to the convention for the NAB over in Las Vegas, which was great. I'm doing all these things that'll propel me into being like, hi, prime employee right here. Come pick me. No, none of that mattered. (laughs) None of it mattered. I was even, I I did an internship even with a morning show here in Charlotte, whole summer, didn't get paid for it, maxed up my credit card to be able to have enough gas for the whole summer. And even that really kind of compiled to nothing. Mm. That was that was a hard pill to swallow going into like professional world post college life for sure. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> it sucks. Mm. But I think it does help just not help, but it's like, okay, that disappointment's occurred. Yeah. Hopefully that kind of lays like the bottom layer of work for other disappointments so other ones don't seem quite as bad. I feel which like the thing I think with- it has done. 
the thing with that I've realized of being an adult and being a professional is that any idea of what I thought I wanted to do was based in what I've seen around me. And yeah. I had never seen someone do what I'm ultimately doing now. And so uh, the idea of what I'm doing now didn't even really occur to me. Like yeah. I always knew I wanted to have influence and I wanted to be an educator of sorts, mm-hmm. but I always said I wanted to be a teacher that wasn't in a school. Yeah. I, I wanted to be a health educator. I wanted to be able to take care of people, be in the healthcare field and educate and right. help other people and have an impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. And that never once in my entire life did I think, oh, let me go start working towards being a corporate trainer. That would have yeah. never, ever even been something that crossed my mind. And I think that sometimes is the flaw is that we have these ideas of we have to know what we're going to do. We have to know what we want to do and what we're going to do. But in reality, we just have to know what we ourselves are good at. Right. And then find where that fits. Yeah. And that's, I don't think taught very well. No. And also like you and I both hopped around different jobs post college before finding ourselves where we're currently settled. And like during that time, I don't know about you, but I felt like, God, this is going to look so horrible for future employers who are like, why is this kid hopping on jobs? He's not at anything more than like eight months ish out of the year. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, well, I'm not sure that really matters. I don't think in today's day it matters as much, but I didn't really hop around jobs. I, when I graduated, my first job out of college was a call center that matched cancer patients to clinical trials. Uh Uh-huh. And I stayed there for three years Uh and I, it it was a good opportunity, but I didn't love the environment at all times. And so I wasn't extremely happy, but that was also when I was doing the Taylor Swift cover band. Yeah. Okay. So I ended up working an arrangement with them where I could work remote and still be able to travel for, to go practice with the band, still be able to go home to Charlotte to see my family because I would, I was living in Raleigh at this point for six to eight months. Yeah. So by the time they let me work remote, I thought, you know, I'm not going to lose this opportunity. Although I tried. I've, I tried to quit, I think, three times. And I say that my boss, Jedi Mind, tricked me. Like she tricked, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm also easily influenced. This is not the path you want to take. <laughs> no, she genuinely. One time she goes, let's just take it one day at a time. And I and said, you just like submitted. Okay. <laughs> okay. Granted, I should say also my boss was my cousin, so oh, okay. that I don't know her super well. So that was it's my dad's. So like a distant cousin. It's my dad's niece, but she's the same age as my dad. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah, big family. Um, a uh-huh. lot of different branches to that tree. So he must so have like a much older brother or sister. He has like ten or eleven siblings. Okay. Um, yeah, so he's like the youngest. So. Okay, gotcha. Courtney started the company and I had called, I only met her one time at my grandma's funeral. Okay. And so when I was graduating college, I just called her and I said, I'm getting my degree in communication studies. I have a minor in health. I know you started this really cool company. Like what, what should I do? Yeah. And so I sent her my resume and she called me back and said, actually Taylor, your resume is more impressive than most of the people I've been interviewing for this job. Do you want to interview? And so she had me interview with other people at the company. Yeah. So that it was... To avoid the nepotistic... Yeah, yeah. which was there a layer of that probably, but that's fine. Um, So I think I also felt a little bit obligated to stay, Uh but I'm glad I stayed for three years. I mean, after the three years there, that is when I kind of did this, that, and the other, but I did 
I worked like I did dog walking, but that ended up leading to my dogs got a free membership to Skip Town in Germany. Uh-huh. We got the free founders. Mem- well, we were sponsored to go there because yeah. my dogs have a pretty big Instagram account. So that led to something really cool. And yeah. then I started doing an event team at Legion Brewing mm-hmm. where I went to events and poured beer. So I learned how to, I learned all about different kind of craft beers. I learned how to tap a keg. I learned how to pretty much be in the bar or brewery industry and then ended up being hired into their marketing department. Yeah. And then from there I did Pilates full time. Hmm. Wait, how did that transition to (laughs) to Pilates? So funny story. When I quit, (laughs) when I quit emerging med, finally, um, I, what I I had another job lined up. It was a sales job selling okay. dancewear. Okay. Okay. Because I danced and I was a figure skater like growing up. And so you did a lot. I, yeah, I know I was homeschooled. We had a lot of time. Um, <laughs> oh, so I forgot about that. You yeah. So I was a competitive figure skater for uh-huh. 11 years. And so, okay. So not even just a hobby. Like you were going, no, for I was like, pretty good at it. You go for like Michelle Trachtenberg, ice princess. I was what pretty you're good for. at it. Okay. Um, gotcha. I still can do it. Um, but so I ended up, having that job lined up, but then the dancewear company wanted to subcontract me out to a different company and the owner of that company I didn't like. I didn't like oh, working with okay. him. So I actually ended up calling and retracting my acceptance. And I had already quit my other job though, so I didn't have a job lined sure. up. Um, and so I went to go take this Pilates class because when else do you try a new workout when you have no idea what's going on with your life? And yeah. so I go... And super good workout was challenging, but I really, really liked it. And then at the end of class, the owner of the Pilates studio, who I had met one time before uh, through my ex-boyfriend, and she was like, oh, I haven't seen you since our friend's giving like a year ago or something yeah. like that. What are you up to? Y- you know, whatever. And I said, honestly, I don't really know. I just quit my job. So here I am. And she goes, oh, well, do you want a job? And I was like, okay, sure. I guess so. And so I first class I ever took, she offered yeah. me a job and that's crazy. I've been doing it for four, five years. Man. Yeah. I must not have had the right network because like I don't I didn't get no offers like that. <laughs> Damn. Well, I think it's time we move into one of my fa- new favorite segments of the show, which involves me undoing this plug so I'm not projecting stories to the people in the hallway. Oh. Okay. It's time to discuss Submitted stories. Oh. Now, you know, one of the elements of the show involves office gossip. Mm -hmm. I will happily provide you the opportunity to share any either juicy experiences or I've even had guests propose questions on office politics that we can discuss first. Unless, of course, you want to listen to some submitted stories first. I think talk about off office gossip first. Okay. Yeah. Cause I actually have a very strong opinion on this. <laughs> okay. I freaking hate office gossip. You do hate office gossip. I freaking hate it because it just feels so childish. Uh-huh. Like I don't care that so-and-so went on a date with so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I mean, I do like, I, yeah. I would love to see someone be happy. I would love to see, 
I, I like knowing people are doing well, but let's say hypothetically something happens that's negative and yeah. then other people hear it. And these things have happened where mm -hmm. someone has come to me and they'll say, oh, well, I already know that so-and-so did X, Y, and Z and nothing is happening because of it. And I don't know, like the, people are just so judgmental and they're so inconsiderate of other people's experiences yeah and from my position i actually do hear all the sides of the story most of the time yeah and it you have the like hr elements breaks here position my now. heart yeah because there will be people at fault right like people mess up all the time right i mess up all the time so when people mess up i think that they should be given the grace and the permission and the space to handle that privately whether that be with their manager with their with with hr with a director something like that it's not everybody else's business right now if it's something funny right like oh taylor got hit by a car on the way to work on her first day like yeah that was kind of funny yeah and there was well did taylor survive what would, would my what would my well, follow-up no, question i, I did right. i did i twisted my ankle but it was fine okay um <laughs> But I, I, but like people were talking about me at the office because I was the barefoot girl on day one. Like that that was that was funny. Yeah, that was a funny rumor. Yeah. it wasn't even a rumor. It was real. That yeah. happened. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But I just wish more than anything people wouldn't gossip. Like there's a difference between gossip and being social and sharing. Yeah. But if it's something that is going to be like harmful or would hurt someone else's feelings, mm -hmm. I could never get behind it. Yeah. Ever. Now, would you consider discussing office gossip as a way to segue into discussions about ethics and how to handle oneself within the office space, though? Yeah. I mean, I love a juicy story for the sake of knowing something juicy, too. But I always love to also provide, okay, how can we take this situation and be like, okay, let's break it down on an ethical level. How do you navigate this? Yeah. Because a lot of people, and, and this is one of the kind of like what bore the show for me was just like, I wish I was ready to anticipate the crazy things I've seen in the office space that I did not know how to navigate, but I definitely see your side of it for sure. You know, not everyone loved gossip girl. <laughs> well, so like I yeah. like that and I love being in the know and I've yeah. always been someone who I think people feel comfortable sharing with, which is why though I, I just think there are things that can be shared and then there are things that can't. Yeah. If someone tells me something deeply personal, I would never want to share that with anybody sure. else. But when it comes to me in my life, I share everything that possibly ever happens because I just love sharing. I love connecting with people. And that's mm -hmm. how you connect is you you give a little bit of yourself. Yeah. And that's why I'm OK with sharing so much about myself. Yeah. But if somebody discloses something to me. I'm going to keep it a secret. And yeah. that's just something that I have never, I've not always been good at that, mm -hmm. but I've learned that that's how you maintain trust. That's yeah. how you maintain your reputation almost. Like if mm -hmm. I want, if my dream is to have some sort of influence, yeah. I have to be somebody that people look up to Yeah, and nobody's going to look up to a gossip. Yeah. Which I think is why I feel so passionately about it. Hmm. I like that. I do. With that being said, have you had an experience, an office experience that kind of jolted your understanding of the office culture um, that also provided you something to 
kind of remember and provide for future new professionals as a way to help navigate them or help yeah. them navigate. So I, I, I feel like my first job out of college probably was the better example because honestly, like that was a very, very small group of women and not to say that men can't also be gossipy, but it was, hello, <laughs> it was like eight, we'll call it eight women in a yeah. very, very small office. And it was a hard job emotionally. Yeah. And so we only had each other to connect to. Gotcha. Um, and there were some problematic individuals who, there was someone who actually would message one person on the Skype for business. Okay. And would ask a question. And then with their answer, she would copy and paste it and send it to the other person and say, oh my gosh, look what so-and-so just said. Oh, Okay. And then if someone didn't respond to her, she would get up and go walk to their desk to ask why they weren't responding to her. Hmm. And that was a really, really hard thing to navigate. And that was something that I was 21. I graduated college when I was 21. So I was so young and so impressionable. And I did not have the judgment to handle those situations whatsoever. And I actually got in trouble for it. I got pulled into the CEO's office and she had read all of my Skype messages and it was honestly a really uncomfortable meeting and I didn't enjoy it at all. And I learned such a valuable lesson from basically being exposed for entertaining Uh office gossip. Yeah. Yeah. That cover. And it just sucked. Now, what I would think in that position as well, but also like, you know, you're in the, you've been called into the CEO's office and it's like, I do apologize for, for humoring that behavior, but what does it say about the fact that that's the environment of the office that you oversee? Well, so, and that's kind of what I, I didn't say that to her, but I did bring up the fact that you're brand new and you're sucked into it. I felt uncomfortable with knowing what to do next. And I said that I said, I have absolutely no idea what I'm supposed to do to remove myself. Right. I don't know. And, and it's hard. It's something you have to learn. And I I feel like I'm still perfecting that skill sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you have to learn skills of how to be a part of conversations and be a part of a community, but then also sticking up for what is, what you perceive to be right, whether mm-hmm. that's not being a part of office gossip or if that's being the person to shut it down. Yeah. And sometimes being the person who shuts it down is harder than just oh sure just walking away from it. Because sometimes giving in, not giving into it, I don't want to use the phrase giving into it, but entertaining can sometimes be kind of a survival tactic within the space, 100%. especially if you're brand new, you're so young, you're green and you again don't know how to navigate it yet, but you don't have really options to move around for. Right. So that's a tough spot for yeah, sure. It's hard. But if your boss, boss, boss person, like, and if you pull someone into that, I would say, look, this new person just got sucked into the culture that was pre existing. So that should be addressed too. So don't blame the new person. Right. What were you like? Okay. What? What were you saying? Oh, I was going to say I, I was the child. I was the youngest of uh, every person. The The next youngest person was 26, I think, and I was 21. Right. So it was 
That was hard. Yeah. That was scary. For sure. And then of course when I started working at Town Square, I was the, like the oldest person in my new hired group. And so <laughs> complete three sixty. And so it was much easier. How long total have you been with, with TSI? Um, it'll be three years in September. Oh gosh, nice, nice. Like around yeah. your birthday. Oh, mm-hmm. That's another reason to have a party. It's I not know, only right? your birthday, but it's work anniversary. How far off are those days, by the way? I don't remember exactly. Maybe 10 days. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I, I don't remember if I started on the, it's like the September, the teens. I don't remember what. The teens somewhere. And you're the 29th. Yeah, my birthday's the 29th. I started sometime, I don't know. I was supposed to, I got hired in July, but then I was supposed to start in August. But I had a bachelorette trip to go to, and so okay, gotcha. I was going to be in Mexico for the first day or something like that, yeah. and that just seemed weird. So I will see. Yeah, I will also interject quickly. Like the PTO system is something I've never seen before either. Like the brand new person on my team, she's been out for like two weeks. I'm oh like, yeah. How did you work that? You're only you've only just now sat down with the team. How did you? How did I not work that beforehand? <laughs> I feel slighted. Well, if it makes you feel better, I've been taking a lot of PTO because I went on the one cruise. The one cruise, yeah. The second one coming up. Yeah, second one's in September. Oh, my three year anniversary. I'll probably be on a cruise. Mm. Will that be your third cruise or during the second cruise? That'll be on the second cruise. Uh-huh. But what three year work anniversary? Yes. Not you and Parks anniversary. No, that'll be a couple months later. Gotcha. But so a lot of threes in this year. Wow. I love um, the number three. So I forget what I was saying. Uh, you'll be on a cruise during your next work. Oh, I know. Yes. We were talking about PTO. Yes. I'm out. Like I'm out for the year. <laughs> I, I don't have any more. I literally, I'll have two hours. And you have to work to build it back up to positive, right? Yeah, no, I did the predictor. I, I don't, won't have any more. Like, LOL. <laughs> Hope I don't get sick. They, right. But I mean, that's, uh, and that's fine. Cause I've actually never used my PTO. Before. Right. I've uh, used it, but I've never run out and I'm kind of proud of myself. Now, someone who's also pseudo HR, as you've said to me before, how break down how the personal holiday stuff works comparatively to PTO. Cause I mean that, that time for me is building up, but I'm like, well, can that be like emergency PTO? If I get sick, can yeah. I just like transfer it over or how does that work? So the personal holiday was meant to be for anybody to practice a holiday. That's not the traditional holiday. Gotcha. So, um, we implemented it in 2020 and there was just so much going on in the world and the political climate that, yeah it is just the right thing to do to give people the flexibility to take time off of work when you feel called to not when society or others feel that you should. So it would be for somebody to celebrate Hanukkah or like for me, I took off my birthday. I ended up moving it, but still it's just those two days every year where instead of saying here, take off for flag day, you can choose to do whatever you want out of it. Because not, not every holiday is the third Thursday in November or the 25th of December. Exactly. So, gotcha, gotcha. Now I understand that bit better. Yeah. It's meant to so that people can be themselves and fully be respected and seen yeah. at work. How does that translate to, like, holiday decorations? It's a good question. I don't know. We've had trees before. Like, we'll have Christmas trees in the office. Uh-huh. Um, I have a Santa Claus in the office. I think it's currently right now on Jess Lacey's desk. I have to go check. Gotcha. Uh, but there's no, I don't think, rule of we can't put up decorations. It's more so we would want to include everybody. Sure. As gotcha. many different 
celebrations as we could, uh-huh. I would want to put them all together. Got you. Because like October's coming up, holidays my sh- holiday, Halloween's my shit, and we have that whole bar area and the table over where I my team is. I'm totally gonna aim for like doing like a witch's apothecary set. You know what I heard we used to do is we used to decorate the office and let people bring their children to trick or treat through the office. Oh, how cute! How many people at the office actually have kids? A decent amount. Okay. Yeah, I think it's more probably like subject matter experts and like people who are a little higher up. Yeah. Um, my dogs would come, for sure. They but would love to trick or treat. Kitty cats. Well, I only have one now. Cat then. Kitty yeah, cat. just cat. <laughs> just, just cat. Just cat. I thought you saw the mom and the baby. No, she found a home. Well, he, it was a boy kitten. Oh, kitten found a home? Okay, cool. I cried a lot. It was a week ago. Did everything get like fixed with your, <laughs> segue, but your, <laughs> your like property manager and whatnot? Because um, they were found. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I don't, I, sorry, I don't have a cat. Nope. Don't I, have a cat. No, I have none. She does not have a cat. I have none. You have no cats. Nope, none. No cats. No cats, especially not a cat named Catelyn Stark. Nope. Negative. <laughs> no, I don't. Not Catelyn Stark. Ah, uh, man. I honestly, I've had no desire to watch that show since it ended. I didn't even watch the last episode. You didn't watch the last episode? No. I I okay. can't stay up late. Yeah, okay. Um. So I woke up the next morning to watch it, and everyone said it was so terrible. I never watched it. It wasn't I great. know what happened. Plus, of course, how many times in that season did they have like screenshots of people like leaving Starbucks cups out in the middle of the set? That was funny. In the camera shots, like y'all, come on. That was funny. That was it was funny, but it's like y'all. They kind of ran out of money, I think. Well, they didn't clearly. They didn't run out of money, but they had to budget. That's why like Ghost couldn't be. If there was an episode with dragons, uh-huh. the dire wolves couldn't be in it. That's why they killed off all the dragons, but. They they could only afford one large creature well, per episode. I guess. I which mean, is a bummer because the creatures are the coolest parts. Like, hold on. Okay. So it was like, it was Drogon, Viserion, and. Jonah. Okay. I forgot. Um, but yeah, I was really upset when the, when the second to last dragon was shot out of the sky. It was pissed me off. I was like, come on. I man. think it should have all just stopped when Arya jumped and just like. Daggered. Yeah, that should have been it. That, that's the end. The end. Well, that was, and that was only what, like two, three episodes into that season? Except like, this I been it. have called who is on the Iron Throne for so long. I called that. And I would love to just make sure that everyone knows that I thought of that. But no one ended up being on the Iron Throne. Bran. Like it was literally, it was melted. No, but he's the ruler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, he's the ruler. I was going to say, I know it got definitely melted the last episode. So, (laughs) personally, I think that Bran actually, because of his powers Mm -hmm. as, like, the crow or whatever, he is Bran of every single era. So, there's a Bran of every era. I think he keeps going back in time and trying to fix things. Uh I think he keeps time traveling to try to fix his own errors I also kind of think he was the Night King. That's I think I saw a theory about I that some that while back. I think he is. I think he keeps time traveling, trying to fix his issues, and then became evil at one point and and broke Hodor and did all yeah, of these. That was a scene. Yeah, like that he was did all of these things, trying to fix an issue or fix a mistake, 
And eventually at the end, it's not really a great conclusion, but he at least there was some sort of victory of sorts. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, I'm so confused on what all of his powers are because I again, I was kind of with it. For the first couple seasons hardcore, the Red Wedding happened, and that kind of threw me off for a bit. That was really sad. That was just like, I was not, I've never, ever, I will never, ever watch that episode ever again. That was really sad. I will not. I cannot. Um, R.I.P. Catlin. Oh, my God. That was just so bad. <laughs> we like, can't talk about the Red Wedding in my household. We can't, no. Mm. All right. Back on track, then. <laughs> we can continue the conversation later, though. All right. So, submitted questions, yes. then. So this one's titled employer wants me to share me, a man to share a room with a female coworker going to mandatory training for a week. Boss wants us to share a room. I am really bothered by this, uh, but my coworker does not appear to be concerned. Am I blowing grout, blowing grout of out blowing this out of proportion. They they spelled grout. Um, Am I blowing out of proportion? Is this a big deal anymore? My fiance will be furious. So there's that element when she finds out. Um, it's a fairly large construction company, not federal government, but I think they do a lot of government contracts. I'm still new here, but might leave if this doesn't get fixed. No way am I risking it. I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it? No. Even if the fiance element wasn't part of it? Yeah, no. Gotcha. If I didn't feel comfortable sharing a room with somebody, then I, right. I wouldn't be forced to do it. Like, even if the roommate's fine, it's got to be a consensual, like, sure, no problem. Yeah. Like, I even had to get, like, when I first got my first apartment in college, I was with my female best friend, but we had to get documented, certified permission from both sets of parents. Yeah. It's... So... I just think that any... Even though we were both overage. The vulnerability that would come with sharing a sleeping space with a yeah. person, nobody should be forced to do that if that's not what they're comfortable with. Right. Um, I, I would hope that a company would find a different solution, honestly. Yeah. That's like, so bad. I feel like, especially if you're a company that's doing like federal contracts, you should definitely be making enough to where you could just get everyone like a one bedroom shebang. Yeah. For how long was the training? Like a week? Yeah, I'm so... That for me is weird. Uh, let's see here. Bum, ba-da, bum, 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 bum. Let's take forever to load. Thank you. <laughs> should, I give my t- should I give my two weeks notice before the final meeting at the PIP? I was put on a PIP um, two months ago. I'm not sure what a PIP is. Performance Improvement Plan. There we go. I have not gotten a new job and I will be leaving. I want to do it professionally. Now, timing is such that the final PIP meeting on the same day from when two weeks is my new... St- Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the, the styles here. Now, the timing is such that the final PIP meeting on the same day from when two weeks is my new start date. Did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I still didn't get it. Um, so should I send my two weeks notice before the meeting PIP has been tagged as partially fulfilled? I do not want to get fired, but I also do not want to burn the bridge. How do I handle this? This is my first job out of college. I've got no clue what the right way to do it is. Thanks for the advice. That's so hard because the idea, at least at town square, like yeah. we have those, we, yeah. I just call them the PIP if that's easier to say. But, I was going to say PIP, but I thought that'd be stupid. No, that's what <laughs> I call them. Call no, it. it's a PIP. And the intention is fully to to help you get out of the hole that you're in. Yeah. Right? It's like to help you grow. Um, I 
I feel like I would have to know more Here's, about the environment of the job. Like, why yes. are you hardcore about leaving it as a as opposed to just and also what are the yourself? what caused you to be on that? Because I know yeah. in my experience, I've seen I've known people to be on them. Yeah, and I've had to do that to someone, and yeah. so I feel like there's varying KPIs that someone would have to meet or not meet right in order to be on a pip and if you've messed up within the role let's say that you're on the pip and you've met the basic criteria if you put in your notice i would check the fine print to make sure that they actually would have you even work two weeks right because they may not have you work two weeks some companies if you're already in bad standing they don't want you to work for two weeks. Exactly. The, the two weeks notice is not required. It is credited to the company. It's like if I was leaving, I could put in my two weeks as a courtesy sure, yeah. to the company I work for. It's not the company's courtesy to you. So just because you give them two weeks notice doesn't mean that you actually get to work the two weeks. Prime example, prior to TSI, I was working with a um, uh, communications firm or not a communications firm. I call them a operations facilitator kind of they were a nonprofit that facilitated the operations for other nonprofits it's weird um but um two weeks three weeks before my start date for training i put my two weeks in fully anticipating to do two weeks worth of work and they actually told me that wednesday submitted my notice on monday that they were going to cut me off that friday yeah and I think I was, a lot of times it has to do with pay periods too. Yeah. They probably do want it to close on a pay period. And theirs was weird. They their pay periods were from Wednesday to Tuesday. So oh. I'm not sure if that played, but I do know is that I had one of the benefits of the job was that any built up PTO you have gets reimbursed to you if you leave. I had a full week and a half's worth of PTO that I hadn't used. So my goal was to go into training with three and a half weeks worth of pay to just back me up before my full right. time stuff came in so my understanding and what i was told by other co-workers was that they cut me off because they didn't want to pay me three and a half weeks worth of money so they cut me off at one week yeah that it's sucked. tough but it's it it's like i get both sides you know yeah. i i'm like oh as the employee you would want the money right but as an employer I don't want that to give you the no money. Sense. Why would they do that? <laughs> Why would I do that? You know? But it was also odd because so the Monday after I gave my notice, they were they have these two annual golf tournaments where two of their biggest clients combined like uh uh funds to put on this this tournament. And that was gonna be that Monday. As as the communications manager for both of those clients, there was a lot of work to do. There was a lot of like prep time, like who all the sponsors were, push that constantly mulligans are mulligans available who's going to be the, the day to run the freaking right game and plus there's all the post effect of communications i was anticipating like who won what you know uh, what like what emails go for which client and the fact that they that's one of the things i was like are you sure you want to come me off at friday like there's a lot of communication stuff to make sure they're set up before then and a lot of that stuff i can't do until after it's done and i and i know who like the winners of these contests yeah. are so yeah that might throw you for a loop, but it does happen. Yeah. So uh, in my personal opinion, I've known people who have quit while on a pip. And right. I've known people who have stuck it out and tried their best. If someone already has another job lined up, in my opinion, why would you keep lying? If, if it's right. not a good fit, most employers, even though you might be leaving, 
you'll leave on better terms if you're just honest. Yeah. Like if you can just be honest about what you're thinking and what you're feeling about your career, if it's not a good fit, they don't want you there either. Sure. Yeah. Nobody wants a miserable employee at work. Nope. I would, if someone comes to me and they're like, I'm absolutely miserable. Th- let's try to fix that. Of course. Right. But also we don't want you to be miserable. Right. That's not fun for anybody. And the weird thing about TSI is that it's so big. There are a lot of different avenues of work too. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe we can move you around somewhere. And if not, okay. Right. Let's help transition you out. Right. But like, yeah, that sucks. It's hard sometimes. Next one is, um, is it normal to not know my career path at 16? Firstly, I'll say yes, but let's jump into that. Real quick. Yeah. No, I, um, if you would ask me at 16, I would either be a professional singer or a dolphin trainer. Dolphin trainer. There we go. Um, I just finished grade and will be telling STEM in grade 11. Taking STEM, sorry, in grade 11. I don't know what specific career I want, and I think I might be sure by the time I finish grade 12. Um, is it normal for me to not yet know my career in life? Totally. Absolutely. Like, uh, Taylor wanted to be a dolphin trainer. When I was 16, I think I was very new to my love of musical theater, so that was going to be kind of my go-to. I mean, I was set for communications, but I definitely liked learning how to sing opera. So I, was, I tried to make that a thing. It didn't work out, but... I think the thing with knowing, and I want to put like quotes around it, right? Like knowing who you're going to be essentially. Yeah. That's, I think that's a better question is not what do I want to do with my career? Who cares? Right. At 16 years old, I don't care. You should not care about your career at 16 years old. Right. But what you should care about is knowing who you are. Learn what makes you passion, what what makes you passionate, what motivates you, what fills your cup. Right. And if you can focus your time and your energy and you as a person to being the best version of you and being able to help those around you by fulfilling your own passions that will push you in the direction of what you're supposed to do. Right. So I think that at, at age 16, at least if I had a daughter or son at that age, what I would encourage them to do is to continue to find who they were and that because of who they were, that's what would drive them to a fulfilling career. Yeah, for sure. All right. <clears throat> Accepted a job because they said they allowed me to go rem- They would allow me to go remote for a certain period of time to handle personal issues, but when my manager replied, we'll discuss about it and get back to you, what do I do? Um, as the title mentioned, I rejoined a company. Uh, let's skip all the quotations. Uh, since they gave me three days RTO. The remote duration is 10 weeks, which is crazy, I know, but I made plans months ahead of time and I can't change it, enough said. So last week I joined and so I went, sent the sent out the email to my manager, CC'd her manager, and the HR handling our department as clarified and as clarified, the request would only be valid should I be onboarded. On my third day, after the onboarding program ended, uh, I learned that once newly joined teammate, goodness, on my third day after the onboarding program, com- after the onboarding program ended, I learned that the once newly joined teammate of mine was leaving tomorrow for a better offer which would be my fourth day. Moreover, my manager is also leaving for a better offer in the upcoming month. Just now I received a reply from her that said we would discuss, she would discuss with her manager and the HR handling our department and get back to me about my request to go remote for 10 weeks. 
Knowing it was initially approved and it was the only reason why I joined now rather than later, it kind of makes me feel a bit betrayed. Though I'm not sure what to do, how should I react? That's a lot of words. It is a lot of words. So he was brought on. He chose to come out to a, com- to a company who promised that he would be able to work remotely for a certain duration. And that's the thing that locked him back onto the company. Because of unforeseen people leaving, it pushed the company to kind of not take back, but kind of make circumstantial whether or not they could keep to that promise that brought him back on. Yeah. I think that's hard because if you make any sort of agreement under or a decision under the expectation that there would be flexibility, then that should be maintained and followed through. And now the company of course does reserve the right to tell its employer or the, its employee that circumstances have changed and we can't honor that. But when it comes to this individual's reaction, I think no matter what, the reaction has to be very, very delicate because you have absolutely the right to feel frustrated. You absolutely have the right to feel or at least honor every emotion that you're feeling. And there's a level of empathy that the company also should ideally provide. But right. Ultimately, it is a job. And if you signed into an in-person job and you can't be in person, then I understand why the company may not want to make the accommodation. Yeah. It would be, although on the person who said that it would be okay, like yeah. they should apologize at the very least. At the very least. Um, but that's hard. And, and I think working remote is something that is based in a lot of trust. Yeah. You have to trust someone a lot to trust that they're going to do the job when you're not watching them. And it seems like he worked for them previously, but was going to full on cut ties. But they offered this opportunity, which locked him back in. And I don't know why some other people on his team or his manager leaving impacts him. That that should be. Unless it's about like day to day responsibilities and if those coincide with what he does or. Yeah, that that part doesn't really make sense to me because I don't care who leaves any job. It shouldn't affect you and your job other than maybe gives you opportunities. Right. Um, But that's a hard one because it's how should you feel? You should just honor how you're feeling. Exactly. There's no right or wrong emotional response to disappointment. There is an there is a right or wrong external portrayal. Of yeah. those emotions. Right. That you would need to be tactful in mm-hmm. the communication. And I think a lot of times employers, or I would hope employers would respect tact and professionalism yeah. more so than they would guttural reactions or emotional right. reactions. And most of the times, if you have the right reaction, you do reap a better outcome. Yeah. Typically. And I might even... hmm. This may not be in good taste, but I might even go for a slight but subtle kind of like fear of loss. Let's use the phrase fear yeah. of loss where it's like, look, I get it. These people not here means that to an extent, these certain responsibilities are not being overseen as well as they usually would be. But I'm on here on this basis and this personal stuff that you said you would accommodate for kind of has the larger pull for me. So if we can't maintain what was previously promised, I may not be able to maintain my end of the deal of 
working yeah. for you at all. And I like the way which you is word even that. Less, yeah. I like the way you word that because it's very selfless. Yeah. It's not, well, you promised me this and I have to do this and this is all about me. It's right. it, it's you as the employee phrasing it like, hey, if, if you can't accommodate this, I can't make that change right. in my life. And it's not fair to you mm-hmm. for me to need xyz if it's not going to be the right Right. thing for you like these two unexpected things happening unfortunately does not alter my situation in any way my understanding of rejoining your team still has to happen the way that we agreed right otherwise it just won't work and i think that's a very good way of saying it where where anybody would respect that opinion yeah all right got time for one more cool so let's see here Made a big mistake at work as a new front desk agent. Worried I might get fired. I've done front desk sometime. Let's see what this is. So I've been working a week now as front desk agent or on the graveyard shift. A VIP guest calls at 10 p.m. to complain about people screaming. Hmm. That could be a lot of things. <laughs> so I call security. A few minutes later, they call back and say they located it in room 2703, but there was no response from the room, so they told me to handle it from there. Firstly, if people are screaming and now they're not responding, I'm not going to handle that. That could be too many things. And I'm not really seeing like an oopsie naughty kind of scenario. I'm seeing like death. No, that's (laughs) where my brain goes to. Stupidly, I called the room and checked if everything was okay because there was a noise complaint on the floor and wanted to make sure they're all right. Woman is calm but annoyed about the call and she said that that there was no noise. Why are you calling me at this hour? I apologize. They ask about the late checkout and we hang up. Next day, they complain specifically about me. Manager calls me to clarify what happened. I explained. She said, okay, you handled that well, but next time call the manager. Um, But I am still really scared about losing my job, especially since the guest remembered my name, which I meant, uh, which meant I left a really bad taste in her mouth. Any advice? You know how many customers I've made upset? <laughs> right? Like, uh, and like, the, it doesn't take a lot for them to get upset. It I've really doesn't. I've made so many people in my life upset just from doing my job. And if, if your supervisor yeah. says that you handled it well, you're not being fired. You should be good. Like, and like, and I was a most, re- a pretty recently I was a concierge at a, over in, yeah, uh, off of Martin Luther King. And like, I mean, depending on the the people who are typically there, like, look, um, you have a procedure that you're taught, follow it, and you should be good. Yeah. I can't imagine for out of the blue, your manager would like turn tail and be like, oh, sorry, I totally have to go with the VIP guest on this. Bye, Sally. You know what? And I am fully aware that I'm probably naive to some lesser working environments, like I feel very safe and seen and heard in Town Square. Like yeah. I feel very confident that the people above me have the ideal goal of making me look good. Mm-hmm. That's their job. That's what they want to do. They yeah. want the people below them to look good. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And so if any manager that I've had so far has said you handled this the right way, I would never think that I was being fired. Yeah, I would believe them full value There's Just because you handled something the textbook right way doesn't mean that it was the best way. Sure. But that's where if it's your first week in a job and you mess something up, honestly, 
That's great. Learn from that. Learn from it. Like failure is the only way that you're going to be able to grow or move forward. Mm -hmm. If I didn't mess up, I would never learn that I did something wrong. And I know that at Town Square, we talk about fail fast or fail forward a lot. Right. But I also think about that with um, like at the Pilates studio where I teach. Yeah. We the whole point of Pilates is to break down your slow twitch muscle fibers Mm -hmm. to the point of failure. Yeah. And when you break them down to the point of failure, you're giving yourself and your body the opportunity to rebuild. Right. Better, faster, stronger, denser than before. And that's the same thing with our skills that we, in order to become better at something, we have to be bad at it first. Mm -hmm. And in regards to your managers, like ideally they're going to know how you were trained. They're going to have had some hand in developing that training. And so they're going to look to make sure, okay, you've checked these boxes. I know what the training does. I know what the training teaches you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, unless they, I'm not even sure where I was going to go with that, but they, they know how you were trained and they've been likely watching you as you've taken the training and applied it to your day-to-day responsibilities. Right. So they're going to know your capabilities. They're going to know that if something off does happen, it's like, well, that probably wasn't, that's an off Taylor thing to happen. Like right. something else had to have occurred. Like Taylor doesn't just do that. Right. I know how I know how she operates. It, I feel like a good manager has a certain level of self-reflection. Right. They are able to say, "Okay, this this wasn't correct, but I'm going to take some ownership of that because yeah. I'm the one educating you." Like if you were to call your first client at Town Square Interactive and mm-hmm. not even know what a domain was, right. I would take full responsibility for right. that because I'm the one teaching you. I'm the one who's nurturing you and helping you to get to where you are as a very skilled marketing specialist. Mm -hmm. And so I think good managers would look to themselves first and would not lie and say you handled it correctly and then fire someone. Right. Yeah. No, that was like, and if they did do that, leave me their name so I can leave them a review. (laughs) Google reviews are very important. That kind of concludes our time for today. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. You were a great guest. I'm definitely going to plan on having you on the show again. Oh, yay. So it'll have probably after your second cruise, whenever that is. I can tell you all about my cruise shenanigans and how skilled (laughs) I am in the casino. It's a casino now. Oh, I'm apparently I'm great at blackjack. Conversation for another day. And you have to just also act really dumb while you're doing it. If you look pretty and you act dumb, no one expects a thing, and then boom, you just win all the money. Okay, but what if you don't have, like, the kind of hair to make you look pretty? Like, mine's falling out. There's wigs. Fair enough. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you so much for being in the studio today, Taylor. I really appreciated it. I'll make sure to include her follows in the description below if you're on YouTube. Otherwise, check out the uh, website for the latest updates regarding the show and the blog, and we will see you next time. Perfect. Thank you.